0: to see every one of you this morning. There's, there's just nothing like being taxed, and you can be taxed in many kind of ways, and I've always found the thing about taxes, whether they are coming from a financial place, uh, from the government, or, or from a taxing season in your life, is the tax time always comes when you're already spent. <laughs> I'll get somebody to talk to me in a little bit. It'd be one thing if, if you just were full, but, but taxes usually come when you're already spent. Let's, let's get through the deep stuff in this so that, so that we can preach and have a little fun. First of all, I want you to know when you're studying the scripture... From a theological perspective, and even from a life application perspective, when you're studying the scripture, every miracle that Jesus performs is on two separate tracks of truth that ultimately and eventually intersect. All right. So I want you to think of it this way. Every miracle Jesus performed, you got one track of it that's practical. Okay, and then you got one track of it that's prophetic. Now, what do I mean by the practical? Well, Jesus on track one was literally using supernatural power to help people who had real practical problems. And that's amazing, and we can't ever forget it. One of the central points of our faith is a Jesus who cares about people that have Practical problems. So every miracle he performs, what makes it a miracle is it was solving a practical problem. But then at the same time, Jesus is so powerful and heaven is so intelligent and heaven's wisdom is just flowing through him. While he's performing these miracles, helping people with practical problems, he's also revealing a prophetic revelation about who he is, and about the kingdom of God. Let me give you an example. He raises Lazarus from the dead, you know, but before he does it, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Okay. He's revealing through the resurrection of Lazarus that he is the resurrection, but at the same time, the resurrection of Lazarus fixed a pretty practical problem that Mary and Martha had, the death of a loved one. So you got the prophetic, And you've got the practical. When Jesus uh, healed the blind man, what did he say right before he did it? He said, I am the light of the world. And then he takes a man who's been in darkness his whole life, and he brings him into the light. He opens up his eyes. You have both there. You've got the prophetic and the practical. So you have to be careful when you're reading and when you're studying and even when you're listening to preaching. It's never good to focus so much on the prophetic that you miss the practical implications of Jesus. Because if you're going through something practical today and it's difficult, Jesus cares. And if no one tells you in the scripture, and if you never read and study in the scripture, that Jesus cares about your practical problems, you'll miss a component of his glory. But also at the same time, don't get so focused on the practical that you miss the prophetic. And don't don't fail to realize that every single miracle you read about that Jesus performed There's hidden revelation in it that teaches you deeper truths about Jesus. And then what's crazy is that these two parallel tracks, these two parallel lines, they will eventually intersect. And see, that's where our faith becomes electrifying is when the practical and the prophetic, those two parallel lines come together and and intersect. Now, I want to deal with verse 24 of our context. It says, when they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and says, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? And to understand what's going on here, you have to realize your entire gospel narrative, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all takes place at a time when the people of Israel were up under the dominance and control of the Roman Empire. So Rome was conquering the world. Israel was in their, in their path. They took over all of Israel. And as overlords, they begin to tax them excessively. So what the leaders of Jerusalem did and what the leaders really of the nation of Israel did, they said, well, if Rome is going to squeeze us with taxes, we're going to turn around and squeeze the members of the temple, and we're going to charge them a tax just for being members of the church. Can you imagine that being forced to pay just to go to church? Some churches do that, but, but they're, they're tracking down, they're auditing everyone and they finally get to Jesus and the disciples and they notice, Hey, y'all hadn't paid our temple tax. So they come to Peter with it and they say, what's, what's up with your teacher? You know, he's, he's healing people and preaching the word of God and working miracles. Problem is he hadn't paid his temple tax. Does he not pay his taxes? So Peter brings the issue to Jesus. And before Peter can open up his mouth, Jesus anticipates him in verse 25 and says, what do you think, Simon Peter? From who do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? And Peter said, well, from strangers. And Jesus said, then the sons are free." And that word free there is "ilotheros" in the Greek. Ilo in the Greek. And it means exempt. When he says the sons are free, it means the sons are exempt. And just there, just from that little, little piece of what Jesus said, he's not done yet. He's going to do a lot of other stuff. But he reveals something because he says, who do the kings of the earth take taxes from? Do they, their own kids or do they take them from strangers? And Peter said, uh, they take them from strangers. And he said, then, then the sons are free. Here, Jesus is bringing up kingdom theology, bringing up a kingdom mindset that in the kingdom of God, God is the king. Jesus is the king. And he's telling Peter, I'm the king here So the reality is my children are exempt from these taxes and just that little bit, just that little bit. Knowing that makes me want to go find every unauthorized tax in my life. It makes me want to go find every taxing season and taxing health issue and taxing financial issue and taxing relational issue. It makes me want to go find everything the enemy is using to try to tax me and shout to that thing, I'm one of the sons. I am exempt. I am free from that. And as children of God, as we mature, one of the things we got to stop doing is we got to stop paying things we're exempt from. Some of you are still paying in your mental health for some guilt that you're exempt from. Some of you are still paying for things in your relationship that you are exempt from. Some of you are still paying for things. Can't even sleep at night because mentally you're paying for things that really you are exempt from. Stop paying what you're exempt from. Some of you are paying people stuff you're exempt from. Bowing down and worshiping at the altar of their opinion because they don't like you. You just pay yourself into bankruptcy trying to get the favor and love of people. People don't have to like you. If God's favor is on you, if God loves you, if God accepts you, sweetheart, you're paying for something that you're exempt from. He says, says, the children are free. But nevertheless, lest we offend them. Now, Jesus is about to go ahead and pay the bill. But he's going to do it without using any of their money. He doesn't refuse to pay it. He just refuses to use their own resources. And so he does it by, by this little set of instructions. He says, go to the sea. Verse 27, go to the sea. Now, do you remember our two parallel tracks? That concept is operating in this text. So on the one track, you got the practical. Practical. Peter, go to the sea, meant, from the practical perspective, Peter, you're literally going to need to go to the sea, to the water. Okay. Go to the sea. Okay. So I want you to know, this isn't just some story that was made up to give revelation or to give a, a you know, religious teaching tool. Jesus literally meant to Peter, go to the sea. But that's one track. A second track, which is the prophetic revelation of the kingdom of God and of Jesus himself. When Jesus says, go to the sea, he is telling Peter, prophetically, the sea represents the spiritual world of the kingdom of God. So he's saying, go to the sea. Well, well let's, let's kind of, let's press that a little bit. Life on land. Is different than life under the sea when you approach the sea really you're approaching a different world you could say a different kingdom that operates by different rules and laws if you live on the land what you need to live on the land will not work in the sea so So he says, I want you to take the need that we have, these taxes, and I want you to go approach another world. But see, here's the thing about the sea. Though it is another world, it is another kingdom, it operates by different laws. There is a way where you can stand in this world and yet throw something into the other world, hoping to receive a catch. So, Peter, I need you to take this need and I need you to go to the spirit world, go to the kingdom, go to the sea. And then, you know, Peter's like, well, I mean, I love the sea and, and, and I love the fish, but what we need right now is some tax money and go to the sea is a solution that doesn't make a lot of sense to me but here's the thing sense is what you use on the land but when you approach a different kingdom sense will not help you in that kingdom any more than lungs will help you underwater when you approach the spiritual kingdom of god sense is out of the equation So he says, go, I said, to the sea. Second, he says, and cast in a hook. A hook. What is a hook? It's a catching mechanism. It's something you use in this world to throw into that world, to pull something from that world back up into this world. Are you following me? So he said, I I I need you to go to the sea and I need you to cast in a hook. See, fishing for miracles is useless if you ain't fishing with a hook. 2021. There's a lot of people fishing in spirituality, all interested in spirituality, going to all kind of places and trying all different kind of methods to deal with spirituality. But but going to the spirit world without a hook is useless. A lot of people searching and seeking, but not a lot of people have a hook. If you want to get something from that world back into this world, you're gonna to have to take a hook with you. You're gonna to have to. Take a catching mechanism with you. So go to the sea and cast in a hook. Now, you got to understand this. They They didn't use worms in Jesus' day. What they would do is they would take a metal hook. Polish it. Buff it. Sand it. Polish it again. To the point that it was reflective. Mm. To the point that you could stand in this world and cast it down in that world. And yet, when it went into the dark waters, it would gleam and reflect and glimmer the light that was coming from above it. And and a, a lot of times we don't catch miracles because... Because the thing we're trying to catch with is tarnished and and, it, and it's rusty and it's and it's filthy and it's and it's grimy. But but the worst thing is it's just not reflecting the light of the one that threw it. And, and when you try to catch miracles, but your hook is not reflecting the light of Jesus Christ, all the stuff you need just keeps swimming by you. And it, it it's not like you're not interacting with the spirit world. You are, but 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 your hooks just rusty. You, you got to have a catching mechanism that's polished. So what are some of those? You know, prayer is a catching mechanism. Prayer is a hook. But, but some of you sitting out here this morning, your, your prayer life's a little bit rusty. It's, it's a little tarnished. It, it hadn't been polished. It hadn't been used a whole lot. Uh, this ain't a popular one uh, sanctifying yourself and living holy and and telling the flesh no and separating yourself from the stuff you know that is not like God that happens to be a hook but your consecration's got a little rusty little little tarnished little little dirty it's been a long time since you dusted that thing off and, and, and so and so before you throw your hook out there you gotta you gotta that thing and polishing the hook is difficult because we normally like the parts of us that God wants to polish off ah, I knew I wasn't going to get no help with that one right there I said we normally like the dirt we're sitting in and the rust we're sitting in but the reality is if you want to get something from that world you gotta go to the sea and then cast in a hook Everybody say, go to the sea. To the sea. Cast, in Cast in a hook. I'm still in verse 27. Then he says, and take up the first fish. Take up the first, the, the fish that comes up first. Take up the fish, I feel like preaching, that comes, that comes up first. I want you to, we, we, we. we We got a need. We're getting taxed. Something, a burden has come. Something has come on us to extract value from us that we don't want to give up. So go to the sea, cast in a hook, and then take up a fish. I don't need fish. I need money to pay these taxes. What are you talking about? Remember our two tracks. Before Jesus ever talks about money, he talks about Fish. He talks about fish. And, and, and the word he uses is weird. A lot of words he could have used in the Greek to say fish. But he uses in this text, you can look it up, the word ictus. Everybody say ictus. You speak Greek. It's amazing. And the definition of the word is wild. Because there's a practical and then there's a prophetic. The first definition is to move wildly. You ever seen a fish move? Moves wildly to, to vibrate, to shake, to flutter. But then the fourth definition, to adore. Now we see this text is more layered than we thought. Go to the sea. The spirit world cast in a hook, something that's been polished and prepared, a catching mechanism, and then take up, take up an ectus, take up something that moves wildly, take up something that vibrates and flutters, take up something that adores. What is he saying? Take up a praise. Go to the sea, cast in a hook, take up a praise, take up adoration, take up out of that sea something that adores. Uh, uh. Now, it's interesting that Jesus would reveal it this way to Peter. Basically saying, son, I want you to go catch the fish and get what we need to pay these taxes, but I want to teach you and everyone else reading this something in the process. Whenever you are taxed in this world by anything, And you cannot find the resources to cover the thing that's taxing you in this world. You can always go to the other world. And you can cast in a mechanism. And you can take up a praise. And what you need will be found inside the praise you pull up out of the sea. Interesting. That's interesting though. That's very interesting. Now... If you look at an ectus, just to add some layers to this, if you can show me the picture of the ectus we have. Really, this was the symbol of the early church, not the cross. The cross didn't become our symbol as, an, as a church until later. The symbol of the early church was an ectus, a, a fish. People believe this because Jesus performed so many miracles with fish you know when he called peter he gave him the net breaking miracle of catching so many fish when when he ended things with peter at the very end before he ascended he gave him another miracle catch of fish when he fed 20,000 people he he broke 5 loaves of bread and he multiplied two fish it was just fish 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 miracles all the time with fish but if you look at our symbol what is it it's two separate tracks that eventually Intersect. Go to the sea. Cast in a hook. Take up an ectus. Take up something that adores and then open its mouth. And all of a sudden I realized wait a second. Go to the sea. What did he say? If you believe on me, as the scripture has said, then out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the spirit. There's a sea in me. If I have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, then spiritually, I got running rivers of living water inside of me. So when I go through something that starts to tax me beyond what I can pay in this world, I got to take myself to the sea. Go to the sea. Then he says, cast in a hook. That means I can go fishing. In me, I can go fishing. Out of what's flowing in my own belly that came by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That means I don't have to go to an outside answer to get help when the enemy comes in to tax me. When the enemy comes in to tax me, I can go to the sea. I can cast in a hook and I can take up a praise out of my own spirit. But but, but then he said, you got to open it. That means I got a praise in me. But I got to open. <laughs> ah, yeah, just, ah, just hang with me. Just hang with me now. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. That's what Paul said. Jesus said, I'm the one, once you're saved, that will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. But but I'm walking around, and I got two parallels in me. Because I was born a man of the flesh. But then I was born again, a man of the Spirit. I'm walking around all the time caught between two worlds, a natural world and a spiritual world. And sometimes I try to solve all my problems, pay all my taxes, and fix all my issues out of the man world that I was born into first. But Jesus is telling Peter and the New Testament church, when the enemy comes in like a flood against you and tries to tax you beyond, Belief, you who are born again need to go to the sea. Oh, you need to cast down a hook, you need to lift up a praise, and, and then you gotta open it. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. Closed closed mouths don't get fed. I almost say it again. I said, closed mouths. Don't get fed. And and, and what Jesus is teaching here is, he's teaching what you need, it's there, but but you got to use the natural part of you to open the mouth of the spiritual part of you. That means if you're saved, there's a prayer warrior down in you all the time. But you gotta be willing to open its mouth. If you're saved, there's a praiser down in you all the time. But you gotta be willing to open its mouth. If you're saved, there's worship down on the inside of you. But you gotta be willing to... See, you may not realize it, but you got something that flutters. You got something that moves wildly. You got something that flops. You got something that makes a lot of vibrations when you shout. You've got something that adores. But you gotta be willing. I wish I could get it to some of you. I said, you gotta be willing. I said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You gotta be willing to. I wish I could get 20 people. I wish I could get 20 people that got that river to get your hook out and pull up a praise. Come on, do it with me. Go to the sea. There's a sea in me. Go to the sea. There's a sea in me. Go to the sea. Cast in a hook. Take up a praise and, and open its mouth. left the deep part I ain't got no more information for you if you want spiritual help there's a process right there you can follow go to the sea cast in a hook take up a praise and open Pastor John, on the fishing shows, they make pulling the hook out of the fish's mouth once they catch it, they make it look real easy. It ain't that easy to open a fish's mouth once they bit down. And it ain't that easy to just give your spirit the right to manifest through your body what you believe about God. A lot of people praise when they like the song, but they hadn't praised out of their spirit in 15 years. A lot of people praise when they like the message, but they hadn't praised out of their spirit in 25 years. A lot of people pray because they know they're supposed to, but they hadn't prayed out of the spirit in a long time. And it's why we have people that come to church every Sunday and then go back home to have the hell beat out of them by the devil. It's because we're trying to interact with the spirit world without going to the sea, without casting in a hook, and without taking something up out of the spirit that the Lord Jesus put down in us when we professed our faith in him. So with that fish, you got to you got to force it open. you got to make your flesh, give your spirit the right to manifest itself in the kingdom of God. What did Paul say? The spirit of the prophet. Oh, I don't have enough Bible. Paul said the Holy Spirit of God can roar in you in a language that the earth doesn't know. That the Spirit of God can prophesy out of you using your vocal cords. That the Spirit of God can sing songs in the Spirit that the angels are singing in heaven right now. It bypasses the mind and the intellect. But then for the sake of order, Paul said this. But let all things be done decently and in order. Because the Spirit God gave you is subject to your will. God is such a gentleman, he will not allow his spirit to overwhelm your will. So you got a praise in you. You got something that flops and flutters in you. You got something that moves wildly in you. You got something that adores in you. But the question is, when oh when, my brother and my sister, will you let the thing open its see I love some of you and I'm taking you along slow but standing there and agreeing with what I'm saying is not what I'm trying to get you to do I'm trying to get you to make the cognitive decision. You know what? I do believe I got something down in me. I do believe with all the word I've heard about Jesus, I got a river in me. I do believe with all I know about God, I got a river in me. And I'm going through hell in my life and I'm being taxed and I'm being hurt and I'm being wounded and my flesh don't feel like it. But I believe I'm going to let the spirit of God in me bring up adoration, bring up praise, bring up a thank you, Jesus, bring up a hallelujah, bring up a flopping bring up a moving wildly bring up something that adores I wish you would praise him I wish you would praise him praise him in the spirit praise him with a hallelujah praise him with a hand wave praise him with a dance praise him with a tear praise him with a song praise Ah. i wish you would shout until it ain't you shouting yeah i wish you would speak in tongues i wish you would move in the spirit i wish somebody would flutter i wish somebody would move wildly see and thing about this is oh glory to jesus ah hallelujah thing hallelujah to god Yeah, I feel the glory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to your name. Blessed be God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. The thing thing about this is you ain't got to be sharp. Know the whole Bible back and forth understand all the theological precepts in order to do this in fact when you come to church it's usually the people that know how to do this that get on your nerves the most cause you come to church not in the spirit you come to church after being taxed in the flesh all week I, I'm sorry, it's my raising and my culture, and just just look over me for a few minutes. I invited a guest to church on Easter Sunday. After the service, they said, well, it was a good service. You were a little too loud. I was like, I was quiet today. You were a little too loud. I love the content. I love the people. They're sweet. But there's this one guy there just kept getting on my nerves. He kept saying, thank you, Jesus, real loud. He kept screaming and running all over the place and, and hollering. and He was singing at the top of his voice, off-key. And, and, and I just couldn't focus on nothing. Cause the guy was driving me crazy I said yeah but if you knew how God delivered him from drugs and if you knew how God blessed him on his job and, and if you knew how God had favored him and, and if you knew how God had Lionel, Ly- ain't nobody ever going to accuse Lionel of being a Bible scholar. But you know what he did learn how to do? He learned how to go to the sea, cast in a hook, lift up a wild praise, and then open it. Last year, while he was praising like that, God let him pull a car out of the open mouth of the praise that he was praising with. And that's that's the that's the next point. Everybody focuses on the money. Go to the sea. Because if you're always focused on the money that is outside you, you always will be. Be chasing money for the rest of your life until you discover the value that is within your own spirit and your own self. Go to the sea, cast in a hook, take up something wild out of your spirit something moving out of your spirit. Take up something that ain't dead and dry out of your spirit. Take something up and then give it voice. Open its mouth. And you'll find enough to pay whatever's taxing you. Oh, you don't hear me. I said you're going to find enough to pay whatever's taxing you and get it off your back. Get the depression off your back. Get the demonic attack off your back. Get the trouble with the children off your back. Get the financial pressure off your back. Get the sickness in your body off your back. What's in the mouth of the praise is enough. And something you may not know is our enemy, the devil, loves dry places. Jesus told his disciples. When a person is delivered from being possessed with a demon, the demon gets cast out of that person and they go through dry places and they collect seven other demons and go back and visit that house. And he said the end result of the man is worse than the beginning because demons collect, they, they hang out, they loiter in dry places. You can't afford to be a dry Christian. You can't afford not to let that well within you begin to bellow out. Sometime you you can't you can't afford to stay stuck in silence, in quietness, in reservedness That's the places demons occupy you may be up under demonic oppression I'm not saying you're possessed I'm saying they're outside of you beating down on you because you're so reserved when you come to church and, and you just sit there in your seat and you, you just salt through the parts of the service you hate and you don't accept the invitation to shout and dance and sing and clap your hands and give God glory and, and you try try see See, see, I didn't know. I didn't know. I ain't going quiet and soft yet. I didn't know. I didn't know what COVID was last year for a long time. I'm an intelligent person. I don't let it keep me from praising my God. But, but I'm an intelligent person. And, and I, I believed in my own thought process. It was one of two things it was either just a natural once-in-a-century pandemic or it was an all-out demonic attack and I didn't know and I, I vacillated back and forth in my mind and in my cognitive reasoning between the two for a long time longer than people realize But then I saw before they finally ended up closing down all the churches in most states, I saw while they were still letting a few people gather mainly for online only, I saw governor after governor after governor put these mandates. You can come to church, but don't you sing, (laughs) don't you shout, don't you chant don't you clap don't you raise your voice above a soft speaking tone when I saw that I realized the enemy wants to infiltrate our churches he wants our churches to become dry parched ground where nobody sings where nobody claps where nobody dances, where nobody's wild, where nobody shouts, where nobody gives God the glory out of their spirit. And we have seen Increasing waves of darkness after darkness after darkness after darkness ever since places all over this nation stopped lifting up their voice, opening up their mouth, and praising their God out of their spirit. And the darkness we see in in the nation is the hyper-realization of a microcosm that we see in our churches, because we have learned to come and sit, we've learned to clap on key, we've learned to nod our heads and even occasionally say, preach pastor. We're coming to church, but nobody's going to the sea. Cast in a hook. Pull out an ectus, an adoration, a praise. Open its mouth, let it out. And, and, then, and then finally, and this is, the, this is the minimal point to me, but, but finally Jesus said, and when you open his mouth, you'll find a piece of money inside the thing you pulled up out of the seat see I don't know if any of you know what I'm talking about I've had services where I just praised God out of my spirit and got home to a check in the mail I wasn't expecting I've had services where I just praised God out of my spirit I had a financial need and somebody walked up and gave me one of those holy handshakes with a check in their palm. You know, I've had services and, and come out of it not even expecting, but, but there, was, there was something down in. Down in that other world, in my belly, that Jesus put on me when I believed on him as the scripture. Hallelujah. As the scripture has said and out of your belly. See, you are being taxed in your relationship and you want five points to fix a crazy husband. But the truth of the matter is you only need one. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. If you prayed in the Holy Ghost half as much time as you gossiped about him with your friends, you'd see a powerful change. I said you can't preach like that no more. You could always tell when the old folks in the old church was in trouble and they needed something from God because they'd come in and they'd come in doing strange things. They'd be rocking and, and, and groaning and howling and praying in tongues. And then if you grew up in church and you were around anybody that was really full of the Holy Ghost, they'd just start moving their hand like this, flopping, vibrating, filling the room with echoes and vibrations of, of praise out of their spirit to God. And, and what? And what we forgot is a lot of them went through hell, but they made it. A lot of them lost a lot of stuff, but never lost their mind. A lot of them went through a lot of difficulty, but it it amazed you because after it all, they were still standing What marriage counselor did Big Mama go to? If you call on Jesus, uh, he will answer prayer. If you call on Jesus... was she doing? Go to the sea. Cast in a hook. Pull up an ectus. It's so simple, it's ridiculous. That's why Paul said that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Maybe the answer isn't in a new therapist. Maybe the answer isn't in another horoscope membership where some idiot tells you what your life's going to turn out. Because they can tell when you were born. You're fishing in spiritual waters and don't have a hook. Maybe the answer's not in another lover. You ain't found it in any of the other ones you've been through. I feel somebody pulling up a praise. I, I just had to pause a minute. And I feel somebody. Maybe the answer is not in trying to sneak over to your grandmother's house and get that last bottle of her pain pills. Because you felt like if you just had three or four of those, you could relax for at least a day. Do you know we used to have services where people would allow, they would open the mouth of the spirit and they would get in the spirit so deep you'd have to carry them to their car. And the preacher would get up and quote the scripture that says, this is the rest that causes the weary to rest. And see, a lot of us, we have, we have carried some of the important things. We, we know we need to go to a church where the preacher opens the actual Bible and preaches the verses in it, thank God. And we know we need to go to a church that believes in the gospel of Jesus Christ that his life on the cross being poured out and his blood being shed and him being bodily dead for three days and then raising to life by the power of the Father. We know we got to go to a place like that. But, but what we've left, what we've left is these signs shall follow them that believe. That, that there's not just power up here. If you believe in Jesus, there's power out there. Except, 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 except. It's down in that other world, in your belly, in your spirit, in your uttermost being, and you got to be willing to open the mouth. One more time. Stand to your feet. I'm done preaching. Give God a praise in his house out of your spirit. your spirit. I will sing I will sing Oh Lord I will sing Hallelujah. hallelujah for you are the source of my supply. Lord I you hide. I will see. hallelujah oh Lord there's something about a groan in the spirit there's something about praying in tongues there's something about humming a tune of vibration down in your belly in the presence of the Lord there's something about saying Hallelujah, oh, Lord! Hallelujah, oh, Lord! Hallelujah! Continue, 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 continue! Pull up what you need. Love